Welcome to the Network Marketers Den, the ultimate podcast for network marketers who are looking for ideas and knowledge to grow, develop, and level up their network marketing business. I'm Janet Metzger, your host, and I can't wait to share with you what we have today. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. It is Janet Metzger, and I am here on the Network Marketers Den, and today our special guest is Holly Brewer. I will tell you, I met Holly, and I say met with, you know, kind of air quotes, uh, on LinkedIn, and I saw her posts, and I was so, so intrigued. You're just going to love hearing her story. You know, she's an experienced leader. She's a speaker. Um, she's experienced in training and coaching. Um, she is a mom of boys, um, and wow, they're they're so athletic, and it, it's such a great story. And for those of you that know me, I love sports. I am sports crazy, so that that intrigued me, Holly, when when I saw your post. But get this, she has been with her company. In fact, she just celebrated her ninth anniversary. She has built huge teams. She's a multi-million dollar earner, and she's got a team of over 5,000 different consultants in her skincare business. So clearly she knows what she's doing. So Holly, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for, for having me, Janet. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. And of course, I love platforms like this where I can just share a little bit of what I've learned along the way in hopes that it helps someone else who's on some kind of similar journey. Because I remember when I you know, in my early years of building a business, there's so much you don't know. This is a learn as you go type of a thing, right? And so right, right. having this conversation to just encourage and empower others is it lights my fire. So I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, I'm I'm so, so excited. You know, Holly, you and I have been trying to get together. And you're a busy person. And I, you know, I, I'm a huge believer in ask a busy person. Um, and they'll always find a way to get it done. But you know, you you shared with me the first time we talked that you equate your business a lot to motherhood and that um, that parenting is the highest form of leadership. You want to just tell us a little bit about your philosophy on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I um, I've trained on this in the past with my with my company and with the, the leaders in the company. Um, I really believe that so much of what we learn as mothers, motherhood being the highest form of leadership and and fatherhood in our society, so much of what I learned as a mother and am learning as a mother, I was able to carry over into business and vice versa. And, um, you know, I really might have two boys, as you said, one's 22, just graduated from college. The other is uh, about to turn 15 this summer. And they have taught me so much about um, leadership. And what I love, by the way, I have to say, Janet, it was not until I started this business that I currently have been doing for the last nine years. It wasn't until I started that, that my oldest son said to me, mom, when I get older, I want to be a leader like you. You have taught me so much about leadership, right? And Oh my gosh. I had given up a career as a CPA to to really devote my time to my children and to my entrepreneurial husband and really building his businesses. And so I happily made that sacrifice. It felt right to me at the time, but about 13 years in, I was very stir crazy and wanted to get back into the business world, but had grown up enough to know I didn't want to be an accountant anymore. Mm -hmm, (laughs) I think think other people relate to that. Like, that's not what I want to do anymore. 
So I decided that I was um, going to look to find ways to be an entrepreneur in other avenues. I'm the wife, daughter, granddaughter of entrepreneurs. So I thought, well, I'm going to have a business of my own, but I just don't know what I want to do that in yet. And that's when someone reached out to me about uh, the company that I'm with now. And I said, you know what? Um, this is too smart. I, my business mind got it. And so I jumped right in. But that was the thing, Janet, and I tell people this all the time. My children witnessed the sacrifice. They witnessed the hard work. They witnessed what it takes to write a success story because it was happening in our living room, <laughs> in our home every right. day on the drives to school, you know, and, but what I learned from motherhood, things like um, leading from the front, things like telling the truth, even when it's hard, things like telling someone here's where there's opportunity for improvement, but also saying, here's where you shine, or I see the greatness in you and I want to elevate you because I know you're capable of more. The same things that I was using as a mother to you know, discipline my children. You don't discipline your team, but you do have hard conversations with right. people sometimes about how they can grow or how maybe they're tripping up on themselves. I was doing that as a mom because I wanted my kids and hear me. I wanted my kids prepared for the real world. I wanted my kids to be successful in this world. That's how I feel about my team. And I love them so much. I'm a mama bear with them for sure. But what I think my teammates will tell you is they know that I love them and I love them enough to tell them the truth. I know I love them enough to push them when they maybe don't want to. I love them enough to put, make them uncomfortable when they're wanting to resist it. But they know it's coming from a place of love and love isn't selfish. It's not about me. It really is about them. And that's how I feel with my boys. It's not about me. It's about developing them into the men they're meant to be. And those, those skills that you use in both way, and you know, both in motherhood or parenthood, I should say, and in business building are very, very, very similar. It's leadership. Yeah, it's, it's leadership. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about um, coming from a place of love and you said something to me when we talked a couple of weeks ago about, um, that's one of the things that you have to love people because you know what I, Holly, this is crazy. I hear this all the time from people that want to build a network marketing direct sales business. And they say, I really don't like people and I don't want to talk to people. Um, but I, but I want to build a business. Can you talk a little bit about that for our audience? Um, I will say that loving other people, having a genuine concern for them is what will make you the best salespeople in any industry? People are very hip to the sales game now, right? So they know if you're in something for you and you're trying to get something from them. The best salespeople understand you are, your job is to go give something to someone that they want or that they need. And so loving people comes from a place of I'm here to serve, right? right. I think the greatest leaders understand I'm, I'm here to serve others. That's how I'm going to be great at this. But I, I do know that there are some people who don't particularly enjoy talking to people. Mm -hmm. Now, it can be a deal breaker if you're not willing to do what you don't like to do. I understand there's introverts and introverts can be successful in direct sales. Right. I've seen it. Um, my, my second strongest leg of my organization comes out of an introvert. She was a teacher though. So the skill set she brought to the table that while she was an introvert and did not, you know, she was not one who wanted to talk to everybody all the time. <laughs> 
she brought the teacher skill set, which was so effective in this business because she was either teaching people, in my case, it's skincare. So she was help teaching people how to get hold of the right tools that they need for their skin, right? Whatever products they needed. Right. She was helping them get those and teach them how to use them right. She was also helping people build a business by duplicating the model I had given her. She was a great teacher. So you do, if you don't like people, this is not the business for you, number one, okay? And, and then I would also say, ask yourself why you don't. <laughs> because right. at the end of the day, like that's, that's we're here, we're, I believe we're here. Uh, my, my personal philosophy is I think we're here to love God and love each other. And so if there's something that's getting in the way of you, you know, loving other people, it doesn't mean you have to like large crowds of them, but you need to care about your neighbor. You just, that's, that's part of the fulfillment you'll find as a human. Right, um, right. But yeah, you got to have that. Um, if you don't like to talk to people, then be willing to get uncomfortable. And that's the best thing about this business. You'll do things that make you uncomfortable, but it will stretch you and grow you professionally in ways that. Absolutely. So absolutely. Now you mentioned that your youngest son is going to be 15 yes. and he's a golfer and he's a really good golfer. Yeah. Um, and just before we got on, I think you shared a great story that to me, really, if we could substitute direct selling with golfing, would you tell that story to our audience? Absolutely. So my son has been playing golf regularly for uh, two years. Um, my husband's a scratch golfer, so my kids were certainly exposed to golf, but neither of them took to it to say, oh, I love this, this is my sport, until my youngest, two years ago, made the middle school golf team and decided this is the sport for me, caught the bug. So he is very disciplined. Now, I'm going to be honest and tell you, this is not my husband and I pushing our son to do anything. We, we really have believed in the autonomy of him choosing this for himself. But he has big goals and dreams. He wants to play college golf. He wants to be on the PGA Tour. So he has already understood that daily work towards his craft is necessary to compete. Mm -hmm. He He's put the work in. And he ends up qualifying for a huge tournament up in Virginia last week. To be honest with you, he's in the eighth grade. He was playing with you know juniors and seniors in high school. There, there were college golf coaches all over the place scouting these players. He was in the big leagues, right? And so he plays what ends up being, I think, six to seven days of competitive golf between pra qualifying, practice rounds, and the actual tournament. And he wasn't supposed to because he had another tournament he had committed to. So when we got home, after all those days of golfing, he gets one day off, goes into the next tournament. In this next tournament, he shows up. This is a tournament where he should be one of the better players. He plays terribly. And for him, five, shooting five over is horrible for him. And so he shot five over par, comes home. He's so frustrated. He is, you know, but he goes back the next day to play. He gets on the driving range. I have a video of it. It's, it actually makes me laugh, but he literally swings the club, hates the shot, and just kind of takes his, his club and just kind of does, oh, with it, you know. And mm -hmm. we can see the frustrations on him. He wants to quit. He is begging us to withdraw him from the tournament. And we're saying, you can quit golf today, but it will be after you play these 18 holes. You're going to finish. You never quit what you start. You see it through. So Janet, he gets up there the first tee, crushes his drive, and then all of a sudden, after 18 holes, shoots four under par. 
This is from the child who truly wanted to quit, was ready to withdraw, wanted to be done. I mean, literally, I told him, I said, if, you, if, if your dad withdraws you, I'm not letting you play golf for a month. Like, I thought, you know, that this would, like, I'm telling you, he gets up there, he forces himself to do it, and all of a sudden realizes, I can do this. And I've told him this many times, and I say this to my team, you don't want to let this break you, because if you're feeling like you're about to break, you're probably on the verge of the breakthrough. Absolutely. And he had to realize he did have the mental fortitude to get it done. He did have the talent because he put in the work to get it done. Yesterday, he saw that if he could just for one shot at a time, not all 18 holes, look at one shot at a time, get through that one shot at a time, he could put together an incredible game, finished third in the tournament, shot the best score of the day yesterday. And again, from the child who just wanted to quit. And I've seen it in direct selling all the time. Someone who is on the verge of seeing explosive growth in their business. And yet when it gets hard, they don't put forth the fortitude it takes to push through it. If you want the rewards of entrepreneurialism, you better know you're going to get tested. I used to say to my team, if you don't want to quit on a regular basis, you're not doing it right. If you really want big goals, listen, there's a lot of people who can have success in direct selling and it doesn't take a lot of work and effort because that's the beautiful thing about it. It can just provide that supplemental income. If your goals are big, then your effort and your belief and your discipline has to match the level of the goal. If it doesn't, you will probably come up short. It is not easy, it is a grind. It is a grind. It's a grind, that is a perfect word. And in fact, I said that to uh, one of my clients this morning. I said, what you want is absolutely achievable, but there's gonna be days where you're gonna have to grind it out. It's not flip a switch. Yeah. I mean, after after nine years. So when I heard that golf story, I thought, wow, that is so much like direct selling because I'm sure with as large of a team as you have, you probably get a call almost every day. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit, right? Yes. <laughs> and, and all I know you well enough, and I've never asked you this question, but I know you know your team's why, mm-hmm. and you keep that why and that goal in front of them because that's what your son did. He's, he's thinking about, I'm going to watch him on the golf channel in a few years. <laughs> he is going to be on the PGA. I can see it. That's I his can goal. See it. That's his goal. And you know what? The thing is, the only thing that will stand between him and that is probably going to be him, right? And that's what I say about direct selling is if, if you, what will get in your way faster than any person, any product, any, any corporation, uh, any comp plan is you, right? It's us. It's what's going on between our ears. Uh, people Absolutely. underestimate the power of belief. And, you know, there's a lot of, gosh, you and I both know, Janet, there's so much training out there on belief and mindset. Um, it's out there ad nauseum, but it's out there for a reason. It's because right. you and I both know you can bring all the talents to the table. If you don't have that mindset straight, and doesn't mean it's going to stay straight, doesn't mean you don't have to fight for it to stay straight every single day. Right. It's a conscious choice to say, I'm going to set my mind on the right things that ensure my success. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight for it. I'm gonna fight for that mindset. Cause you will have, what happens when the haters come on? What happens when your best friend says to you, I can't believe you're doing one of those companies. What happens when your family says, oh, don't talk to me about that. Like if you don't have the mindset of, I know regardless of how someone might perceive 
this channel. I know the truth about it. And that is that this channel is a beautiful thing when done well, that my job is to show up and serve people with a product or products that I believe in, with a business model that I have seen firsthand is solid and can deliver for literally levels the playing field for all of us, right? You're going to have to have the, the proper mindset to get through it. But guess what? Good news. That's all a choice. You know, your inherent talents, sometimes those aren't a choice. You know, we're born with different gifts and abilities. Right. But what is a choice is your mindset each and every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you talk about the dream stealers and all those type of things. And I've always said, it's none of your business what other people think of you. That's exactly right. You, you can't, you can't control it. No. Uh, you know, you have built a huge, huge organization, over 5,000 people. Um, and a lot of those people are leaders. Can you share with our audience how you find those people? Because, if, you know, I get all these questions all the time. And one of the biggest, how do I find people that want to build the business and our leaders? Can you, can you help us with that? What, what yes. was your secret? So the secret is that there is no secret. It's, it's a matter of, it is a matter of talking to as many people as you can. And my, my, my philosophy was always this, I'm looking for the people who are looking for me. And they may not know that they're looking for me, but God knows they're looking for me and I'm going to go find them because Mm -hmm. I know that if they're looking for some of the same things I was, I know I have the vehicle to change their lives and to impact them in a positive way. So I'm going to talk to as many people as I can because it's either going to be for them or it's going to be for someone that they know. And so if I can earn the trust of all these people, then they will at least refer people to me, which they did. Right. But here's the thing. You, you can't know who's going to actually work the business. I recruited people who were very, I think, she, I think one of my, my directs was like a top um, seller in pharmaceuticals. Like she worked for a huge pharmaceutical company here in North Carolina. And I thought, oh, she's got the best personality. She's an extrovert. She can sell. Like she's going to be amazing never did anything with this business. And I I told you about my introvert friend who I thought might be a really good, like she would probably sell some products to her neighbors and her friends. And then that would be a a really sweet little side gig for her. And then she blew it up. Here's what it is, guys. As a leader, this is what you got to do. You got to start with very frank conversations with people about you could be spending your time doing anything. Why did you choose to spend time doing this? Like you obviously see something and I want to hear it from you directly. Like, what are you, what's your greatest hope with this? And, and really invite them into per deeply personal conversations about what they're really ultimately right. looking for. And then hold that vision with them, right? You hold that vision with them and you say, well, that's possible. Can you see how this is possible? And also you might want to take the comp plan and lay out what that's really going to take for that to be possible. Right. Let them know that over time with consistency, they can do what they want with these businesses. And I think that one of the ways I was able to, listen, I have a lot of leaders in my organization that did not see themselves as leaders. They didn't. I saw them as leaders. I knew that they would, listen, you know what a good leader does? They just set the example. I mean, ultimately that's where leadership starts. And I knew if these girls could take our selling system and execute well, and then teach someone else how to do it, that made them a leader. I think people always think I'm not, you know, Janet, you and I both know people say, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm a leader. I don't know if I'm a leader. There's no such thing as a born leader. Anybody can be a leader for goodness sakes. Exactly. And I say, but I see the leader in you. And I know that if you can do this, you can help someone else do it. And that inherently makes you a leader. And, um, 
I will also say if you want to grow a robust organization, elevate that leadership. Look for that greatness in people and then challenge them to use it. Bring them on your training calls. Interview them in front of the entire organization and elevate the work they're doing and start building that confidence in them. Right. And, and here's the other thing. Check your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. They might have a better selling system than you've implemented. They might. And here's the thing. When you have a leader who wants to challenge what you've taught, it's a win for you either way, because either they're going to defy what you've taught and do it in a different way. And if it succeeds, your organization's better for it. If they fail, you were proven right. So either way, anytime a leader wants to be her own or his own person, do his or her own thing, wants to kind of scoot out of the nest a little bit. Remember, that's your goal. Your goal is to work your way into irrelevancy as a leader. When you can sit in the back of the room and watch your organization run and they don't need you anymore. That's why I say this is like parenthood. I'm raising my boys so that they want me, but so they don't need me. So they might want my opinion. They might value my opinion. They might want my time and value my time, but they don't need me. And so I want to be a proud mama as, you know, of my children. I want to be a proud mama in business and being able to really equip and empower my team to do this without me. And when you get to that point, that's when you can retire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking to myself, um, I wish my husband's mom would have been that way before. Right. Right. You can, you, you can, you can absolutely, oh, I have to be careful. He might hear me. On this okay, it's okay. I know you love him. You told me before the podcast. I did. I, I absolutely <laughs> do. I absolutely do. So, but what you're saying is, is that anybody can be a leader. There's not a certain thing that you, that you do or you look for, you give people the training, but you're, you're helping them to have that vision. And that is so, so there is no, but nobody walks around with a sign on their forehead that says, I'm a leader. It's no, just, it just no. and it will probably way. surprise you who is, right? I mean, that is, and listen, direct sales, if you want to do more than sell products, if you want to build a team, then this is the business model that rewards effective leadership. Right. And, and, and influence. Right. And so, and listen, I've seen bad leaders. I, I have. I've seen oh yeah. We've all, we've all worked underneath them. Whoa, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> exactly. But and it's the ego. It's the ego. It's the ego. It's ego. And it's also, I really do believe in setting the example. Now, the great thing about direct selling is you kind of can work your way out of certain roles that you had to, to have at first, right? Like some of the, obviously, when I first started, I was very focused on selling products and, and, and building my team. And as my team scaled, I didn't have as much time to work with customers as I did an organization, but that's what paid me more. So you allocate your time based on where the pay is. That's called being a smart entrepreneur. Um, But I can never abdicate my responsibilities to be present to my team, to Mm -hmm. be visible to the team, regardless of what I'm having to do in my personal business. They need to see me. We are the belief keepers of a business. And I've seen too many leaders lay down 
when they just thought, well, I'm going to get paid whether I work or not. And, um, and let me tell you something, there's, I, I have a very hard time because I do not respect that at all. But I would say that it's, it's imperative in direct selling that you be a visible leader to your team and that you, you are engaged with them no matter where you are in business, because that's what you are. You are the belief keeper. And as they see you still here and still in it and still grinding it out, then they're more likely to be sticky and stay with you. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I love that term, the belief keeper. That's really, really great. So, so if you, if I asked you what your three strategies are that have made you successful, what would those be? Well, I do think number one, I really do love people. And my goal was to serve. And I was very thankful to be raised by an entrepreneurial father who understood that. And he um, built very successful businesses. And he told me years before I started my business, he said, uh, Holly, everybody's looking for love and acceptance. There's not a soul on earth that doesn't want that. If you find a way to love and accept someone through your business, you'll always have a business. And he, so that really taught me that people would be loyal to me as I was loyal to them, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's not always the case. I've had people be disloyal, but I do, I would say that if, you're, if your objective is to show up and to really um, be there for other people, whether it's your customers or your teammates, your prospects, and you know, listen, I had prospects who said they wanted to join me in business, but I could see something in our conversation that I thought, I don't know that this is the right fit for them. And I actually referred them other places. But that's because I can say that, Jana, because I really mean this. I want yeah. to help the people I'm meant to help, right? And I, it's not about me. So I think that's the first thing is that I really did love people. The second thing is I had the work ethic, um, the consistency, the hard headedness that gets up the next day after you fail. You know, when you have doubts and discouragement, you discipline those things and say, no, I'm going to stay focused on what I believe I'm called to do here. And so that created great resiliency in me. And, um, and I would say the third thing is I am a, um, I'm a challenger personality on the Enneagram, (laughs) which would not surprise a lot of people, but I think whenever I saw things going um, sideways in, in our company, if I saw a decision being made that I thought, Oh, um, and I think in all of those decisions, I believe were made with the best of intentions. Right. If I didn't believe it was serving or filled well, I was willing to stick my neck out and respectfully have conversation with our corporate team to say, I, I don't think this is the right move. And I have, I, I, I joke with our corporate staff that I think I am a squeaky wheel, but I have to say, thank God, I think they still love me. And um, that willingness to, um, to challenge the status quo, I guess, and to, right. to, challenge, to challenge things that didn't feel right as a leader, because guys, it's hard. People armchair quarterback the leader anyway, and, and you are so, you, you can become very aware of the impact of your decision-making sometimes. So it's not always easy to stick your neck out, but I, I know this, Janet, it has served me well as a leader in our company. I think it served our company well that myself and other leaders had that characteristic because now we're really working synergistically to continue to grow our brand. And, um, and I, I really think me being willing to stick my neck out as a leader and speak what I believe was true in a respectful way has helped propel us forward. 
Right, right. And and I, I love that in a respectful way. Yes. Because, you know, I've been on the corporate side of it. And yes. I do know how corporate thinks and decisions are made for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know this, that um, y- you're, uh, you're a visionary, um, but you're also a realist. Yes, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's kind of kind of the best of both worlds. And, you know, when someone on your team is struggling, um, they come to you. Yes. Because mm-hmm. that's, to me, that's one of the most important things. When you're having a bad day, go up. When you're having yes. a good day, go down. That's right. So don't spread, don't spread that. So, so Holly, if um, you, you work with a company that I'm very familiar with, a great company called Rodan and Fields. Right. Um, they're phenomenal skincare. So um, if, if one of our listeners wants to reach out to you, wants to learn a little bit more either about product or if they want to pick your brain about leadership, hey, this lady's got her act together. I think I'd like, I know I'd learn a lot. From, heck, I've learned a lot from her <laughs> after 20 some years in the business. How would they get a hold of you or what would you like to offer anybody that's listening? Well, um, thank you for asking, Janet. So obviously, uh, you'll be able to share my links where people can get in touch with me, my personal email. I mean, I am an open book, and I'm happy to, to chat with anyone that sincerely wants to learn more about whatever it is that we shared today that intrigued you, or certainly about the skincare that not only changed my life, it absolutely changed my skin, I have to say. I'm a great walking billboard for Rodan Fields, and the way I've been able to age over the last nine years compared to the nine years before, I mean, the picture's the proof really is in the pictures. Um, sure. So I'm happy to to offer just free skincare assessments with the no, I think by now people know that I mean this, no obligation whatsoever. If you just are curious, I know trying to figure out what your skin needs without a trip to the dermatologist can be overwhelming. So I can help with that. That is my area of expertise. Plus, I do have samples that I'm happy to send complimentary to people so they can try some things for themselves. So um, that's always an open-ended offer. And of course, if people decide to become customers or decide to join me in business, I always do gifts with purchase um, as well, just as a thank you. And of course, I do referrals as well. So I do referral gifts as well. So if any of that's interesting to someone, you'll have the contact links to get um, in touch with me. But Again, I really am. I do believe this. I'm here to serve and serve whoever's looking for what I have to offer. Right. Well, the other thing I know about you is nobody will ever outwork you. That's true. <laughs> You're a hard work. Oh, Mike, do you ever sleep, Holly? I, I mean, I'm starting to. <laughs> the greatest gift I think that I have in terms of um, I was raised with a great work ethic, probably born with some of that in me um, in terms of just a, I like to be active and doing. And my husband will tell you, if things get too still, I'm like, well, what can we do next? Like, I, I just, I have an insatiable desire to just do as much as I can for as long as I can. Um, but I sleep great at night. <laughs> I, yes, you I, do. You're working so I do. I, my head hits the pillow. I'm out. I'm good. So, um, but I do believe in that, Janet. And I think probably what I respect most in other entrepreneurs is work ethic, right? That just trying. Just trying and um, you, listen, you can teeter on workaholism too. I've been there too. Um, so you've got to know when to, to put it down. I'm a big advocate for turning off notifications on your phone, leaders, entrepreneurs, you know, because you do have to step away for many reasons, your loved ones, but also for your own mental health too. Right, right. But yes, I like to say, I don't know anyone in my organization that probably has outworked me and I, and I sleep well knowing that. 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Holly, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, to get to know you a little bit more and to share your insight. And, you know, congratulations on your nine-year anniversary and being a multi-million dollar earner. And it's obvious why people want to follow you because you've got oh. so much great energy and so much love for for your team so again um thanks to holly brewer our special guest today and please reach out to her this is janet metzger and uh you are on the network marketers podcast take care everyone we'll talk thanks. with you really soon thanks again holly thanks Bye-bye. janet Thanks for listening. This podcast was designed to help you, the network marketer. If you have a specific topic or struggle that you would like me to cover, please send me a message. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others. Tag me, Janet Metzger, on social media or leave a rating and review. For more tips and tricks, join my Facebook community at the Network Marketers Den. Thanks again for listening.